Hello, everyone. Welcome to Our Friend the Computer. Um, I'm Anna Meisel. I'm a web developer and I work in online education and I also curate net art pieces such as Camilla's uh, a long time ago, which is how we met. And yeah, Camilla, how are you? I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm Camilla. I'm a research-based visual artist. I made a work that Anna commissioned, curated, coded. That's how we met. Um, I'm good. I, I'm in snowstormy New York, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's my first New York winter. And yeah, scary. I was unprepared and prepared, I guess, prepared via pop culture, unprepared for reality. Um, <laughs> Physically, but not. It took me a long time to get boots. It was a whole process. <laughs> they went missing. It was it was horrible. But, you know, I feel like I've got I've got a coat. I've got boots. I've got gloves. I've got a thing to go over my ears. Um, but. It's like yes, snowstorm yeah. this weekend and I do not want to go out. So maybe that means you can like focus on just staying in and like writing your book and writing my book, right, writing this book. This podcast is a distraction. Writing episode after episode of this podcast is a distraction for me because I am writing a book and have been writing a book for a while. And, um, you know, like a lot of my projects, this book is a couple of different topics that I wish together for fun. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I got to a moment this week where I was like, maybe these, maybe this is like two different books. Maybe it doesn't go together. So I'm not in a great place. <laughs> but well, um, it's better than like not having enough information for a book, right? Like you don't want to have writer's block. You're having like the opposite of writer's block where there's just like too much, too, too much inspiration coming in. Anyway, that's me. That's me and my book. What are you what are you up to these days? I'm kind of just like looking forward to my ballet sessions every Monday. Sessions. Um, yeah, I have a class like I I go to regular classes. It's a class. And, okay. Yeah, just kind of like looking forward to that really. I don't know. Have like you the seen movie. the movie Center Stage? No, I haven't. <gasps> It's amazing. It's set at the, like, I think it's not a real thing. It's like the New York Ballet Academy. And it's this, like, ragtag group of friends. And they're dealing with the, like, bureaucracy of the Ballet Academy and the ballet world and trying to navigate having, because most of them have, like, grown up doing ballet and and Mm -hmm. they've been on this pathway to where they are now and maybe not even considering if that is what they want. And yeah. there's a really great Jamiroguai dance sequence. It's the cheesiest oh movie in the world, um, but it brings me a lot of joy. So, you Oh, should. my God, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it tonight. Watch it. That sounds amazing. Any kind <laughs> of, like, story about trying to challenge the institution just so that you can express yourself? Like, I'm Yeah, the institution, it. your parents. Yes. So big recommend, everyone out there. <laughs> center stage very old movie that'll be on our like movie club for this (laughs) I don't think there's any tech in center stage that's what I want I don't even I don't think they have phones (laughs) good just dance (laughs) just dancing um amazing 
opposing to ballet and expressing yourself through your body. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about the press bell system, which is expressing yourself through digital communication. Um, But not even that, really, because it wasn't even used for individuals. It was never brought to the public. But yeah, today I'm talking about um, Prestel, which was an interactive video tech system basically developed by the UK's post office, um, the telecommunications view data technology during the late 1970s and launched in 79. So very different. Um, very different to ballet. Very different to our hobbies. I think it's cool to look at, yeah, all these other versions of video text that were coming up and existing in the sort of 80s, 90s, and how they failed. <laughs> yeah, because essentially Prestel was um, a system that, like, dovetailed switchboard operation to dialing local codes just like Minitel but you could do it yourself at home and in the UK that really revolutionized like telecommunication Um, and switchboards weren't really needed and messaging was provided as well through Prestel so kind of like what's really interesting is that our current internet protocol suite, um, which again, I did mention in Minitel, the way that we like transmit data on a connected network is very reminiscent of Prestel system because it used a request and receive transmission. And it also operated via a display screen. So again, very similar to how we use the internet now. Yeah, it wasn't really used by the public, so it never really got the chance to like evolve in terms of its hardware. But the kind of history around it is is quite interesting. So the post office telecommunications was set up as like a separate department of the UK post office, and that was happening in October 1969. And the UK Uh, post office, that's like part of the government, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then there were some hiccups to how it shifted between nationalization and privatization Mm -hmm. because um, the Post Office Act uh, in 1969 was passed to provide for greater efficiency in post and telephone services rather than run a range of services, each organization would be able to like focus on their respective service with dedicated management. And so the National Telephone Company controlled most of telephony in Britain before the 1880 ruling of the Telegraph Act, which happened in 1869, which mandated a nationalized service. And that was kind of instated in 1911, so a really, really long time ago before telephones were even invented. I really like the word telephony. Yeah, I true. don't hear it enough these days. It's been coming up so much in these in these research. Um, yeah, episodes. telephony, uh, as in like telephone networks. Um, mm. You don't really think about telephone networks that much, right? I mean, maybe now you do because you have things like group calls that are so much more popular but I kind of just think of it as just like a user to user one-on-one interaction Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, shout out to my group chats. Always. <laughs> so this like Telegraph Act granted this monopoly over communications and it was confirmed in 1880 that this act included telephony even though the telephones had not even been invented when the act was first conceived. What? Because obviously telephones are like a byproduct of the telegraph. Um, so it included telephones. But this was great news because it meant that telephony was nationalized and it was government owned and it was state funded, you know, built by the taxpayer. And this kind of like maintained a stable technological growth throughout the nation in the 70s, um, which was also a huge time of like uh, post-industrialization, um, used a lot in like the bureaucratic and financialization boom in the UK as it, like I said, entered its post-industrial era and eventually also led to a fun little invention called view data. So view data is... Just like another word for video text? Is that how it works? Yeah. So view data is a video text implementation. Um, it's a type of information retrieval service in which a subscriber can access a remote database. Um, it can request data and receive requested data on a video display over a separate channel from the carrier channel. So I'm, it sounds complicated, but basically it's just like two objects that are connected and work in a supplemental way via varying channels that serve like different purposes. Um, Wait, so that's like one channel is for sending and one channel is for receiving? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like sometimes when I think about these systems, I remember how Cybersyn was imagined by Allende, uh, which is what we talked about in the first episode, as like a metabolic cardiovascular body because he was a doctor, but also like you mentioned, you know, obviously the president and the visionary president. Yeah. <laughs> of Chile's uh, digitalized planned economy is something very much like the kind of circulatory system where you have veins as channels acting as different transmission services to the server or heart and then the other organs that are like display ports or input terminals because essentially the it is just like or heart Aww. yeah because <laughs> it, it is just like an input and output system at the end of the day but yeah so Samuel Fedida who had the idea for view data in 1968 was the inventor of the system which was developed while working for the British post office which um, you know was the operator of the national telephone system and the access request and reception transmissions usually flowed via a common carrier broadcast channel and it was different to teletext because it was able to sustain a large number of frames, each accessed less frequently, whereas teletext could only hold a limited amount of information frames for which there is a high demand, such as, you know, news headlines, sports results and weather reports, just like what Minitel was using a lot. I think that in my research, I was looking at other things but I do think that 
Minitel got some inspiration from Prestel, right? Because like mm-hmm. they were they were the one like Prestel, well, View Data was sort of the he invented it for mm-hmm. the first time, right? It wasn't just like this particular system. Yeah, I mean they were it was all happening at the same time, so they must have been informing each other. But again, these are different nations and they had different uses and it was a different context. So it makes sense that you would have different view data and video text depending on like the nation because they had to be separate companies in a way. But I I think it's important to note just how similar this operation worked to our current internet protocol suite. So HTTP is like our current data communication standard on the internet and does this via HTTP request because it's, you know, it's stateless. So this means that web servers store no session information about the user agent between sequential requests. So basically like each client request must contain all the information required to retrieve the resources requested. And this is done through entering a URL in your browser tab. So you're basically like constantly communicating to the server and asking it to do things because it doesn't really remember itself. And so you've got the HTTP port, which is what we talked about briefly, is similar to Minitel's, you know, 3615 access codes. And then it, it, so that's like the protocol and then the user identification or server domain, it follows that afterwards. So you've got like www.google.com or whatever. And then after that, there's um, there's more query information and it goes into more and more specific detail after that in the browser tab. So yeah, when you use the internet, you usually request a resource, request a method, um, which is the same as view data, except now with the internet, we can also send data to the server and delete a remote resource. So it's just a little bit more advanced. Anyway, <laughs> enough about the technicalities. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. But um, yeah, so although there were similarities between the internet and Prestel, Prestel was also launched during the 1970s, which was a period of great expansion for the post office. But progress came, you know, at a price. Investment was stifled by public spending limits and the conservatives came into power, decided that telecommunications should be fully separated from the post office in 1979 literally the year Thatcher was voted in as prime minister. So it was like her first Mm -hmm. thing on the list. Um, But thankfully, Prestel had already been invented by then. It was also with great luck (laughs) that the Telegraph Act from all the way back in 1869 confirmed the nationalization of telephony, even though the telephone had not been invented yet at the time. It's um, it's funny looking at the connection between phones and internet, mm. or you know these precursors to internet, because you know I like of course they're connected, 
you know, my memories of early internet of the sort of dial-up going through the phone line, you know, you someone in the family wants to use the phone so you have to get off the internet. Mm. But I hadn't really thought about what that meant for like further in the past in history where we're looking at like telegraph telephone and then I guess this like view data video text teletext stuff that uses phone lines so it's all about at this point it's still thinking of um communication like smartphones are like they need the internet right to be smart I mean they're smart in their own right um but I use internet services on my phone more than I use like my telephone but it's still like the phone company that I'm going through it's the phone company that does the like 4g 5g Mm -hmm. and yeah they're still so integrated with each other but we've actually moved on so much from what a phone meant you know in the past that yeah like I wonder if there there was a point or a world where like they could have been separated I think they definitely did splice off like um, especially when you started paying for those services separately so you were paying for your credit bill but then you're also paying for your data bill but I mean you definitely can't really have one without the other when you think about the development of these services because you know without the post office telecommunications technology, we wouldn't have had Prestel. And I think most countries also have a shift of nationalization to privatization of the phone companies. I know mm. that we had that in Australia with Telstra. Yeah. And, you know, judging by the similarities and timeline of Prestel also, and the kind of like starting points of hypertext transfer protocol like Prestel may have inspired, you know, a request and received standard of data communication that informed the design of HTTP. And, you know, while it may have been a commercial failure, technically, at least Prestel worked. Um, So it never actually launched into public. Um, Unfortunately, it, it was halted by the conservatives. And the, the basic concept was, demonstrably sound giving you know thousands of people a glimpse of like an online world that would later become very commonplace very much part of the everyday like we have now on our phones even it's it's funny I while I was doing research for this and kind of writing up the plan for this episode I kept confusing Prestel with Preston like Prestel sounds suspiciously similar to Preston and Preston is like a a city in Lancashire but also like refers to the to the term the Preston model which is very well known here in the UK because it's um applied to this like socialist um building community building model it's applied to how the like council, its anchor institutions and other partners are implementing the principles of community wealth building in its area. So it's just like very left wing and focuses on local community building. Yeah, I just I thought that was quite funny. I like to think that maybe there's a link in the like nomenclature, but I know it's only because I was 
writing this podcast up very late at night and the words were like blurring together. <laughs> Preston's also a um, suburb in Melbourne. I'm sure named Love after it. some someone that we don't want to give airtime to, but um, it's kind of a, a sort of outer inner suburb that a lot of the a lot of artists and a lot of arts organizations and galleries are kind of moving out there. Isn't there a, a song by Courtney Barnett, um, something to do with Preston and um, her lyrics? Oh, Depre- Depreston. <laughs> Depreston model. <laughs> That's me. That's me. If I would say that to someone here, they'd be like, shut up. It's not <laughs> The Preston model is amazing. But yeah, anyway, back to the bad news. Um, unlike the Preston model, by 1981, I think, uh, Thatcher's British Telecommunications Act was passed and the service became British Telecom, BT. So it became privatized and it became under, you know, uh, private company ownership. And, you know, I've, I've heard about the miners and everything, but I had no idea that the conservatives privatized these services as as well at the exact same times. They must have been really busy. Um, all the acts that were passed, imagine like the amount of meetings and the motivation. God. Just privatize as much as possible, as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really it's really crazy how how much damage they did at the time. And now, you know, BT is run on a profit model and allows for competitors to join in. Vodafone was founded in 1982, which was actually suspiciously close to the passing of the policy because it was only one year later. So they Mm. must have known before the act was passed that they must have been building it. O2 uh started in 2000 talk talk and three in 2003 virgin media in 2007 you have a company and... called talk talk yeah they're great <laughs> ee in 2012 so like all of these companies were really sprouting up very 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 quickly but yeah i mean it's been 30 years and unfortunately it would still be impossible even with all of these companies it would be impossible to imagine any of these companies inventing anything that would remotely come close to a thing like Prestel at that time, um, a system that literally invented request and receive relationships uh, of data transferring. And, you know, I understand that, yeah, things have been invented and there's only like a limit to all the things that you can invent when it comes to technology. But we all know that BT, Vodafone, EE would never come close to thinking of a new way of communication or like an alternative to their communication system that would actually kind of benefit people. Um, I suppose like it's always a risk developing these things. And if it's a for-profit company, probably the chances of it failing, yeah, a higher. Higher risk, yeah. I guess that these are all now like for-profit companies. And so the they're not going to take that risk to <laughs> like, let's completely rebuild the, the system and come up with something completely new because the chances of that working are um, way lower than them just continuing and increasing yeah. profit, which is yeah. sort of interesting that 
Facebook or Meta is doing this whole Metaverse rebrand and project push because I suppose they're doing it because they realize that Facebook was becoming a bit irrelevant and, you know, all of these startup tech companies have to think of new ways to develop and change as things move on. For sure. And they're basically just like, you know, working off of something that they've already invented and then seeing what works and what doesn't. And then it's, it's, it's just very like low risk and very boring and very unnecessary. And I actually like researched this episode before the launch of Zuckerberg's metaverse trailer and, you know, the VR and AR trailer and the nation's economy for the UK when Prestel was happening was expanding and its communications needed to keep up and Preston was in part a solution to this or at least uh, an offshoot or side project in the search for solutions but with metaverse like it's it's weird because we're talking about the technological kind of development under capitalism here like the historical development that was going through stages of post-industrialization and moving into financialization in the 70s and 80s. And this technology was being used to optimize for increasingly high frequency and like high risk financial interactions rather than like building out materials and infrastructure and things in the world. And it becomes very efficient at like just moving numbers and symbols on a spreadsheet rather than like building factories, jobs, roads, cars, and everything else. But it's interesting that Prestel was essentially an infrastructure that facilitated that shift. And now we're like in this weird era where things like metaverse are being invented and it's not even like part of financialization anymore that much. It's not, I don't know, it's like harnessing boredom and bringing augmented reality and virtual reality because of the public's like misgivings of reality or like disillusioned perception of society and the world. Um, It's like political and physical climate. Yeah, it's just like it's very dystopian because it really represents this like general decline of like the belief in the environment like why are we building a 3d ar world where we can interact when like the world beneath our feet is literally like collapsing it's just it's this like kind of like post financialization era that technology is representing um, right now well attention economy now you know selling our personal data as well exactly so super weird but um, Prestel is interesting because it, it provided, like I said, an infrastructure of that shift in capitalism, which was coming from industrialization to financialization and like the growth of bureaucracy. I hadn't realized that Prestel hadn't really been used by the public in the UK. Not, I knew that it wasn't as big as Minitel in France. But yeah, I hadn't realized that because I had noticed that there were like a couple of different videotext protocols that were used throughout. Mostly it was developed in Europe, but it's expanded into Asia and parts of Latin America and North America, I think, had their own protocols. But I think Prestel and the Minitel protocols 
were two of the main ones that other countries were also using. So it's interesting that Prestel actually never like became, it was more like a research project. Yeah, but it's also extremely important to still talk about why it never came into fruition because of the conservatives and because it went under privatization and private telecommunication companies just took over. So it's just as an important story to talk about as the ones that actually came into the public. I also found out that when you asked about the name, apparently Prestel is just an abbreviation from Press Telephone. So kind, oh. of, kind of a bit more of a boring uh, That's disappointing. etymology to Minitel. <laughs> press and, tele- and telephone. Mm-hmm. Press like newspapers? Yeah, because mm. it came out of the post office, right? Yeah. So yeah, that is the uh, the history of the unfortunate little UK Prestel model. <laughs> but the that invention and even Prestel protocol itself continued to exist and influence other networks for quite a while after it stopped happening in the UK. For sure, yeah. That's true. It did inform a lot and in terms of its its research, but I think it's also good to think of it as like a motivational story that can like influence our anger towards the Tories and really like shed them in a bad light. Yeah, I think it's interesting to talk about these little snippets of history and the building of technology and really analyze that like nationalizing these developments is just the best way of going about it, especially when you're building the foundations of infrastructure. Yeah. What's going to be happening in future episodes? What are we um, ahead for? I was researching a bonus episode. I was trying to find something kind of connected with this and I found something that is connected solely by country rather than by network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, we're going to be looking at a soap opera, a text-based soap opera called Park Avenue that existed on Oracle, which was a UK mm-hmm. teletext service. I am sorry that this episode was a little like dense with uh, the technicalities and like the dates and the stats. No, but, but those dates were was... really important. It was cool to like look at dates back into the 1800s, late 1800s. Totally. Yeah. The little like policy loopholes that actually allowed it to be developed. Yeah. And I, I enjoy your, your tech, your tech talk because <laughs> I'm more of a, I'm more of a history person. That's why we're a team, baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks right. everyone for listening and we'll we'll catch you all in the next one. Goodbye. Yeah, see you soon. Everyone enjoy watching Center Stage. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.